Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to the final weekend of the BFI London Film Festival and the final episode of the LFF podcast. I'm Rihanna Dillon, I'm a film critic and broadcaster, and I've been your guide to this year's BFI London Film Festival. With this podcast, I've been taking you through the 2020 edition of the LFF, talking to some of the filmmakers whose films are premiering at the festival, and pointing out some of the films that are worth seeking out in this year's festival edition. In this last episode, we're talking about some of the powerful queer stories that are being showcased, films that explore intimacy, love, sex and connection, centering the experiences of LGBTQ plus people. One of the most stunning of these, and the festival's closing night film, is Francis Lee's Ammonite. Only the second feature film by Lee, the director of the acclaimed drama God's Own Country, Ammonite is a fictionalised account of the life of the 19th century paleontologist Mary Anning and her relationship with the married woman who falls in love with her. Ammonite tackles the erasure of women from history, and the subtle and not-so-subtle class differences in small-town Britain. But at the heart of it, it's a love story. The unspoken moments between Mary and Charlotte teem with sexual tension. And with Kate Winslet and Saoirse Ronan playing the lead characters, the film truly comes alive when they're together on screen. Let's hear from Frances Lee and the cast of the film about the making of Ammonite. So I first discovered Mary Anning when I was looking for a present for my my then boyfriend. Um, And he really liked polished stones and fossils. And so I was just doing a regular Google search and this lady's name kept coming up, Mary Anning, Mary Anning. So so I read about her and um, I read how she was born into a life of poverty. She was a working class woman. She had little to no education, but she rose to being one of the most leading paleontologists of her generation. And she also lived in, you know, the 19th century England, which was an incredibly patriarchal, class-ridden society. And I think I felt instantly drawn to her because, you know, I saw some kind of parallels with my life, you know, a working class filmmaker with with not a lot of education who you know was desperate to make film couldn't find a way in and there were just certain things about her that really struck with me and struck with things I wanted to explore so when I write a film a story I don't particularly write with an actor in mind and so I'd finished the script and I started to think about who would be good to play Mary 
And the story I've told about Mary is when Mary is in her mid forties. And so I knew I wanted an actor who was the right age. I knew I wanted to work with someone who was British for this film. It felt such a British story. And I knew I wanted to work with someone who I think has real truth in their work. And so on the short list of one was Kate Winslet. And so the script went to Kate. Kate brilliantly read it the same day and loved it and, and joined the film pretty much straight away. And when we started to talk, we discovered we liked to work a very similar way, which is very character driven. And so Kate and I started to work maybe five months before the shoot on building this character of Mary as we saw her and really researching her biography, her background, discovering everything about her from, from the moment she was born until the moment we meet her in the film. It was a sea lizard, six feet long. Days it took to dig it out, clean it. I was only 11 years old. It's in the British Museum. That one was special. Miss Annie. I've often heard your reputation discussed in the Geographical Society in London. Is there something you wanted, sir? My wife. She hasn't been at all well of late. She suffers from melancholia. I want her to walk the shoreline with you, learn from you. I'm not looking for an apprentice. I would pay a premium for a private audience. It's not easy work. I don't like the water. What is it? Cheap tourist fodder. Beautiful. It pleases me you struck up a friendship together. What is it? Something? Nothing? I don't want to go back to the life I had before you. What about my life? I read it immediately. I was filming something else at the time and it can often be really very hard to read another script when you're so focused on the project that you're actually doing day to day. But my agent just said, you absolutely have, I don't, I don't care what's going on, you just absolutely have to read this right now. It is, it's extraordinary. And so I did and you know, I, I got it and just sat down and read it. And that was at midnight and 12 hours later, I'd said yes, that I would absolutely love to do it. And then I immediately met Francis. I think I feel like the next day I got on a train from where I live in the, in the south of England and went to London and met him. And um, I just, I don't know what it was about the script. It just was so, it was so quiet and so held 
but emotionally the power behind every nuanced little moment was so resonant and profound to me. And he crafted this wonderful female love story that somehow wasn't sort of hidden or a secret. So therefore he didn't have to build that into the narrative. It was just about these two women from completely opposite worlds, classes, social backgrounds, everything coming together and, and learning things about themselves as a result of the love that they discover. And it was, it just, it mesmerized me from the, from the moment I read it. And I also felt that kind of really good thing, I think, as an actor, when you sometimes feel, I was completely terrified. And I just thought, fuck, I can't, I actually don't think I know how I would even begin to play this part. But that I think is probably, I think it's probably the best thing to feel because then you know that the, you know, the challenge is enormous and will feel enormous every day. And, and I, I, I kind of, I kind of love that actually. I think even as I get older, I'm almost loving that feeling more and more because the opportunity to play parts like this one, you know, do still feel quite scarce. And uh, so anyway, it was all of that for me. And then within seconds of meeting Francis, he said, look, we, we just have to talk to Saoirse immediately. <laughs> and I was like, yes, immediately, immediately. <laughs> and so, so then, so then it went, then it went straight to Serge, I think. And you were, you were doing Little Women, weren't you, Serge? Yeah, and I've told you already that Timothy and I were doing a shot, which was literally the shot from Titanic, where we held each other's hands and spun each other around, and we did like exactly the same camera move. And with that, I got. Um, I got a phone call from Kate and had spoken to Francis like a bit a week before that. The script had come to me like, I'd say it came to me a few weeks before and I'm terrible whenever I'm working on something. I'm, I'm not really able to sort of split my brain and think about like any other project that will happen afterwards. So then I sort of, I got this call from Kate and I was like, I've just done a Rose and Jack scene basically. And she would just like have a good think about it because I think, I don't know, something about having Kate in my corner as well made me really sort of excited about it. And so I gave it a good read and, and spoke to Francis for like three hours or something while I was in Boston on my day off. And, um, and it just sort of, it just felt like the right thing to do. I think because it was the two of them that were going to make this together, but also you know, the, the next film after Little Women that I was going to do would be Ammonite. And I had come from this very sort of busy, loud, sort of tumbling film that had like a lot of people in every single scene. And I think just as an actor, what I felt like I really needed to do next was do something that, as Kate said, was a little bit more quiet. And to get to work that sort of intensely with one other actor mainly was really what I was looking for. That was Frances Lee, Kate Winslet and Saoirse Ronan. Ammonite closes this year's LFF, with screenings all around the UK. While Ammonite is centred around the forbidden love story between two women, Supernova is a shattering look at a loving couple with a long history and an uncertain future. It stars Colin Firth and Stanley Tucci as Sam and Tusker, who after 20 years together receive shattering news when Tusker is diagnosed with early-onset dementia. Intent on spending as much time together as possible, the pair take their old camper van and drive across England, visiting old haunts and loved ones. The new film by director Harry McQueen has not left a dry eye in the festival. Let's hear from the director. 
the universality of it, I suppose, is the thing that really felt important to me from the start. Of course, the film is about love and about death. And, you know, those are the two, probably the two most universal things that one can talk about. But I think it's also important and important for me as a filmmaker to try, if I can, to be original in the stories that I tell and try and make cinema that is forward thinking. I think that's that's what art should be doing, really. And I think that's what I want to always try and do if I can. So I think um, framing the, the story as um, a sort of same sex story, if you like, and for that fact to not be in any way impacting the narrative felt in and of itself a really interesting and original thing to be doing. You know, normalising what is uh, an incredibly normal thing felt like a, an impactful way of telling a same-sex story. And again, as you say, there's not a huge amount of stories out there for people, I don't think, of that age either. So that felt interesting to me. We worked on the history and the backstory of the characters and the, the idiosyncrasies of the characters a lot, quite, you know, quite relentlessly, really. But, but the, the sort of the chemistry at the heart of the film that you see on screen really, you know, was there right from the start and has been there, you know, throughout and, and for years because they, you know, they, to put it very simply, they love each other, you know, they're, they're best mates. And, um, and sometimes you can't really buy that immediate chemistry. Well, you can't really, you have to really work at it. So we were so we were so lucky to get two actors that that are so obviously are so brilliant, but also you know have um, a pretty intense and loving relationship already. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. So you have to find the three brightest lights there that make the triangle this one mm -hmm. and that's where the milky way is hmm. it's good to get back on the road again don't you think but how about just exploring the outer regions of fifth gear <laughs> I'm on the edge. 
one wish in the world, what would it be? I wish this holiday wouldn't end. So, can you tell that it's gotten worse? I'd like to make a speech. I, uh... Well, maybe, maybe Sam will do it for me. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to you do it for yeah, me. Now, as most of you will know, I'm slowly losing my ability to remember. And I definitely wouldn't be here if it weren't for this man next to me. I want to be remembered for who I was, but not for who I'm about to become. It's not fair to you. It's not about fair. It's about love. No, Sam. I want to see this through with you to the end. Costa! You know, a very wise man once said, we will not starve for lack of wonders, but from lack of wonder. So I, I worked for a long, long time on the script. I did years of research, probably almost three years research. I worked very close quarters with the Dementia Research Centre at UCL with the amazing team there led by Sebastian Crutch. And they kind of took me under their wing for quite an extended period of time. And I learned a lot about the sort of medical, you know, idiosyncrasies of dementia broadly, um, but then also spent an enormous amount of time with people that are living with dementia through UCL and their contacts. And that really was profoundly moving and life-changing experience, actually. And it was really spending time with, with those people over a long period of time that not only made me think that there's a, there's a film in this, in this world somewhere, but also just made me feel even more concrete in the sense that I, I felt that it was important, that it, we could make an important bit of cinema with this with this project and I hope that's what we've done. That was Harry McQueen, the director of Supernova, which is still screening this weekend at select cinemas as part of the LFF. And then there's Cicada, a film that delicately fleshes out characters that might have languished on the sidelines of a lesser movie. Set in 2013, in the midst of the Jerry Sandusky trial against the backdrop of a Cicada summer, we meet Ben, a bisexual Brooklynite navigating the millennial gig economy and buried trauma. His cycle of empty hookups is broken when he meets Sam, a data analyst with his own secrets. Both men quickly fall deep into what becomes, emotional baggage and all, the healthiest relationship. Cicada is written, co-directed and stars Matt Pfeiffer, who plays Ben. Let's hear from him, co-director Kieran Mulcair, and actor Sheldon D. Brown. Okay, so um, I started writing this film. A lot of it is based on a few events in my life told in one summer. I had Sheldon in mind from the very first page. There were quite a few reasons that I wanted to tell this story, but the main one was that I just couldn't get out of bed in the morning and I started writing. And after about a month, it had poured out of me and I had a first draft. And I texted Sheldon, who doesn't live in New York, if you're around this summer, I have this project and I think you'd be really great for it. And he texted back that he was actually in New York and he was in a show, I believe, Sleep No More. And that week we grabbed a drink and 
we met up at this little bar called Syndicated and talked about nothing. I don't think we mentioned the film once. And then I sent him the project and he was into it. So two months later, Sheldon, if you want to jump in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've known Matt for a number of years now. We met back in 2014, 2015. Um, and so he talked to me about this film and kind of had it already, you know, in the making that this is something we might want to work on in the future. And then shortly after our meeting, a couple months in Chicago, I was shot in a drive-by shooting and kind of didn't really know if I was going to when I was going to be acting again and going through a whole physical and emotional recovery, but we reached out to Matt about probably pulling out of the film. And then we had this, you know, he had this idea that, you know, we really, if I could do it, we should really try to transform the story to be kind of a way for us to work through a lot of our trauma in a, in a real and beautiful way. Um, and so the, film transformed to the story about us navigating our own personal experiences and sharing them with each other. So we got together in July, about two months after spending a whole entire month in the hospital, not being able to walk or do pretty much anything, um, and filmed in a month. So it was a pretty intense and quick process. And then Kieran, <laughs> yeah, That's and I came to offer to that. <laughs> well, I I had I had met Matt at a screening of Jay and Pluto, a series he had done, and I knew that I had my eyes on an interesting artist, and we had connected on social media, and I had uh, encouraged him. He was asking about an acting class at one point, and I encouraged him to look into the acting class I was in, and um, I happened to be working on a scene when when he joined the class about childhood sexual abuse. It's from Amy Herzog's uh, The Great God Pan. And I, I spoke afterwards about being a sex abuse survivor myself. And we had connected on our childhood experiences. And he asked me to do a, a short film that he was making at the time called Pop that was on the subject. And that began the collaborative process. And I think it was a year later that you came to me with the screenplay and I had never directed anything in my life. I, you know, I'm purely an actor, but I had been curious about directing and that screenplay was one of the best screenplays I'd ever read. And I was so moved by it. And, uh, it was, uh, you know, it was so personal and so witty, which is not a word that I would ever use to describe most people, but he has wit and he really, the script really moved me, and so I was sure that I didn't want to mess it up by directing it uh, <laughs> to begin. But he asked me to co-direct it, and he had faith in me. And uh, so, uh, yeah, we started the process, and I got to talk to Sheldon early on and hear his amazing inner life for the character he had already built before he had been through the trauma and had bravely integrated that into the story. And, um, yeah, that's that was how I became involved. There's an experience that contains both joy and, or not necessarily joy, but uh, relief and release, as well as a lot of pain. And, you know, it's many moments where you think, oh, okay, I thought I've worked past this 
trauma or what worked past this moment. And there are many moments in which our traumas happen at two different time points in our lives, but it feels very present at times of just like, it's as though, you know, we're both not very far removed from our experiences. And so it really, I believe, taught us to really hold each other and hold space for one another and to really have these moments of self-reflection and, and, and checking in with self as well as with each other to say, okay, are we ready to go? I mean, there were some moments where it's like, Matt's like, are you ready to go? We're going to, it's going to be intense. And it's like, okay, all right, all right. And so, I mean, as our first project, it was probably insane as hell that we did that. (laughs) Um, But at the same time, what I hope is that people can look at this work and if they too are experiencing trauma and feeling bound by it, that they have, that they know that it's something that they can work through, you know, Mm -hmm. at any point and stage in your life. And finally, a short film, only five minutes long, to close our recommendations from the short film programme. It's Dungarees, a story of young love as a trans and a cisgender teen spend their time together on a regular night, doing regular things, or not. You can check it out, along with the rest of the short film programme, for free on the BFI player. And with this episode, we wrap up the LFF podcast. I hope you've had a fantastic festival, discovered some exquisite films and enjoyed the festival experience, either online or in your local cinema. I'm Rihanna Dillon and I've been your guide to LFF 2020. You can follow me online at Rihanna Dillon and join the conversation on Twitter with hashtag LFF. You can listen to the podcast on Acast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your shows. Just search for LFF Podcasts and you'll find us there. That's it for the LFF podcast. It's produced by Anna Bogutskaya, edited by Olivia Graham, with music composed by Francis Johnson. And you can find them on Instagram. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>